Good morning. Greetings to everyone, and I'm uh, excited about what the Lord's going to do this morning. We're going to have a good time worshiping, and before we start in, I want to tell you, it's just about over. We're going to be able to start meeting again live and in person just around the corner, and we'll be talking about that more as we go along. I want to read you some scripture. In uh, Luke 18, and the reason I'm reading this to you is because I want you to realize that Sometimes we have, to, we have to exert a little bit of effort if we really want to receive from the Lord. If you don't do anything, you might not get anything. But if you pursue God and you reach out to the Lord and you call on Him, some good things can happen. So this is what I want to read to you, Luke 18. It happened as he was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. And he heard a multitude passing by and he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And all the people around him said, shut up, you old blind beggar. Jesus doesn't want to hear you. He know what he did? He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus said, bring that guy over here. And he brought him over there, and he said, what would you like? And he said, Lord, that I could receive my sight. He said, receive your sight because your faith has made you well. Now, there's people here listening this morning. You need something from the Lord, and I just want to encourage you. Don't just make a little simple thing and act like that's it. If you want something and you haven't received it, cry out to the Lord. Have a little desperation about your cry for crying out loud. All throughout the New Testament, people came to Jesus. The little lady with the issue of blood and, and other times, they came to Jesus. They were at the end of their rope, and they said, Lord, you know, just, if I could just touch you, if I could just, just get close enough to feel you or touch you or you could hear me. This morning, if you'll reach out to the Lord, whatever you need, God will meet your need because it's by your faith that you receive it. When you express yourself, it's pretty hard for the Lord to turn his back on you. It's pretty hard for him not to respond to you when you're crying out and, and you're in desperation. You're saying, Lord, I don't have any place else to go. I don't have any place else to turn. You're it. So this morning, Lord, we offer this time to you, and we are going to worship you. We're going to lift up your name, and we invite you to come. Speak to each one of us. Pour your spirit out on us, and let us receive the things that we need this morning. Fill us with your spirit. Touch us and change us. Speak to us where we need to hear from you, Lord. All the areas of our lives that are broken and messed up, where we need to be healed, set free, and delivered, Lord. Come and meet us now. We're crying out to you. Come now, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's worship.
Like the blood cover us 
cry this morning, Lord, that you would deliver us according to your word, Lord. We stand on your word. We don't stand in what uh, the politicians may say or what the news may say or even what our, our physical circumstances may say, Lord. We stand in your word. According to your word, we have these wonderful promises that, that will save us and will change us and deliver us and heal us. Lord, we stand in your provision and your your sacrifice, what you accomplished on the cross, Lord, that's what we stand in. And this day, this day, we proclaim health and healing, deliverance, salvation over our households, salvation over our friends and co-workers, salvation over our neighbors. Lord, we proclaim peace over this nation. We proclaim your healing over this nation, that your body, the people who are called by your name would begin to rise up, be the body of Christ that we would turn from the wicked ways, that we would turn from our ways of, of being compromising and lackadaisical, and we would begin to turn and seek you, Lord, like never before. But all the things that we've allowed to creep in to our lives and into the church and in this nation, Lord, that we begin to see those things and to, to deal with them the way that you want us to, Lord. And I thank you that you have a plan, and it's a good plan, Lord, and you've you want us to obey you and follow you because you want to bless us and you want to heal us and deliver us and you want us to live lives that are productive and happy and whole. You don't want us to be miserable and broken. You don't want us to be in bondage. I thank you, Lord, that you are our Redeemer and you are redeeming us in every way, Lord. You are making all things new. Lord, this morning we continue in our hearts and with our voices, Lord, we cry out to you, deliver us according to your word, Lord. Deliver us according to your word. And I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you that you are healing this nation, Lord. You're removing this virus. You're causing it to go away, Lord, and you're causing healing to happen. You're setting us free, Lord, and I thank you for that, and you're going to continue to do that. And Lord, as we progress each week, going to get better and better and better because you're delivering us. We thank you for your blessings, Lord. We ask that you deliver us from corruption, deliver us from hateful speech and animosity between us, uh, all the different uh, races and nationalities and, and mindsets. There's all kinds of reasons that people 
say ugly things to each other, Lord, but help us to love. Help us to love and to be in unity with each other. That's what you've called us to do, to be loving, kind, and gentle, and to submit to one another, to serve one another. For that is what you did, Lord Jesus, and we want to be like you. Lord, I thank you for your word, and I ask that you continue to speak to us now as we keep our eyes on you, Lord, for the rest of this time together, that you would speak to us, that you'd change us, you'd stir us, cause us to go out here different than the way we came in. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Well, so... I hear that we're going to get to start having live services again pretty soon. The plan is uh, next week we will have a live service, although stay tuned because I'll be sending out emails and contacting people. So uh, unfortunately, when, when we come back together, we're going to have to still do all the, the prescribed social distancing. And so you know we'll have to let families sit together and have a space between them and the next family. And... Uh, all that kind of stuff, and we'll be bumping elbows instead of shaking hands or just nodding from across the room or something. We're, we're going to do all the things that we're supposed to do. We're going to comply with what they're asking us to do, but we are excited about the fact that we're going to get to come together again. So all you folks that are thinking you can't wait to get here and hug us, you know, just kind of put that on the side, you know, because we're not really going to be doing a lot of hugging. I want to encourage you to comply with what they've asked us to do. So far, we've not had anyone in our body uh, get sick, and we don't want anyone in our body to get sick. So uh, the Lord is doing great and wonderful things and continuing to do that. And so uh, that's the big announcement. All the rest of the announcements are that uh, same stuff is going on that goes on all the time uh, since this virus has shut us down. Uh, we've got Zoom calls for Wednesday women's uh, meeting, the Bible uh, meeting. We've got... Um, intercessory prayer going on on Saturday from 10 to 11 and then next Sunday we are planning to meet back live and then we'll tell you about what's going to happen after that as far as Awanas and midweek services and things like that so that's the plan if you got any questions you can ask me but I don't know if I got the answers so uh, we're just going to move forward and I believe that it's going to be it's going to be great to get back together again and uh, and worship together and I'm expecting that the Lord is going to really bless us when we're all here in person. We've been having great times the way we're doing it, but I'm excited about seeing everybody here again in person. Uh, thank you for your faithfulness, all of, all of you who've been giving so generously. You've been paying online and mailing your checks in. And, you know, we don't talk a lot about money, but uh, you guys are doing great, and I appreciate that. I just want you to know that uh, we're doing really well. Um, the Lord is taking care of all of our needs and everything is good. So I've been talking to you <clears throat> about um, God with us for weeks and weeks and weeks and uh, we're moving into a new, a new theme, but I, I, you know, it fits right in with what we've been talking about. So we're going to be talking about uh, healing our soul, and, uh, and then renewing our mind, and that's all for the purpose of uh, helping us learn to walk in the Spirit, walk with the Lord the way that we're supposed to, and if we don't, if we don't allow God to, to heal all of our inner 
wounds. And if we don't allow him to renew our minds, then basically we're just going to continue doing the same things that we've always done, and we're going to get the same results that we've always gotten. And I don't want to speak for everybody else, but I've not always been too thrilled with the results I've gotten out of doing things the same old way. I'm, I'm kind of interested in trying something that will give me some different results. So today we're going to start off this new theme with a, a message that fits right in with all of it, but it's probably just a, a one-time deal. I want to talk to you about dual citizenship, <clears throat> and that's something everybody's kind of familiar with. If, you know, we've got people in our country that were born somewhere else, but they've come here and they've become citizens here, but they maintain their citizenship somewhere else. Well, in the spiritual realm, we don't have dual citizenship with the world and with the kingdom of God. We do have citizenship with the United States of America or Mexico or Canada or France. I, I work with a guy, weird story, but he and his wife were both born in Paris, France, and then they met and married in Fort Worth years later. They were in the military. Uh, so we have a base over there. So it's, it's like when he said, I'm from, I was born in, in Paris. I said, really? And he said, yeah, so was my wife. I was like, you're kidding. I mean, how, how coincidental is that? You know, well, then when I heard the rest of it, it's not quite so coincidental. But the thing is, we are, we are citizens of God's kingdom if we've been born again. And we're still living in the United States or whatever area, you know, part of the world you're living in. And we're still part of what's going on every day here in real life. But we have to have a mindset that we are not of this world. We are, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. Now, that doesn't mean that you just, you know, you disobey all the laws and you just act like a wild person that doesn't go by any of the rules or regulations. You've you got to get along with people. You know, we, we're called to be at peace with all men, especially those of the household of faith. So we've got to try to get along with people. By the way, if you think you're going to have this great testimony and you're not getting along with people because you're so dogmatic and rude and hateful, you know, your testimony is not going to be all that great, I'll just tell you, because uh, people don't respond well to, to people who are rude and dogmatic and hateful. So if you want to win people, love on them. That's the best way to win people. That's just a freebie. That didn't go with the message, really. But So the dual citizenship thing, we're, we are citizens of the kingdom. First and foremost, we're always citizens of the kingdom. And we don't ever want to forget that. Now, like I said, you have responsibilities in everyday life. You have a job. You know, you've got to obey the laws. You can't just say, I'm a citizen of God's kingdom so I can drive 90 on the freeway that says 55. You know, eh, you're going to get in trouble. And you're not going to want to do that. And if you do it multiple times, you're going to get in really bad trouble. It's one time to make a mistake. It's another thing to do it over and over again. That's a good point. If you make a mistake, you know, in God's kingdom, it's no big deal, really, because everybody makes mistakes. Somebody's perfect. But if you make the same mistake over and over and over again, if you just act like it doesn't matter and you just keep doing it, that's going to cause you some problems eventually. Because we do reap what we sow. And if you keep doing the same things, you're going to keep getting the same kind of responses. And so that's what we want to learn in the next few weeks. We want to talk about how to let God change us from the inside out so that, that we don't just correct our behavior. I've gotten pretty good at correcting my outward behavior. Um, 
I don't ever look in the mirror when I'm, when I'm upset, but I am told by family members that I have this, this straight line look across my lips when I'm unhappy. You know, like, and I don't know, but evidently they can all tell when something is irritating me or making me unhappy. And I'm thinking I'm doing this great job of hiding it, you know, because I'm not yelling and screaming and throwing a fit or, you know, kicking the dog or anything like that. I'm, you know, I'm being calm and cool on the outside. Well, the truth is, we don't want to just talk about changing some behavior. We want to talk about changing our hearts. We want to talk about changing the very way that we think, the very way that we, we approach everything about life. Because if you just change some outward behavior, it's like a Band-Aid. You're just, you're just putting a Band-Aid on it, and that's not really going to fix your problems. The problem is that we have a wrong way of thinking, a wrong way of reacting, a wrong way of seeing life and people and all, all of the circumstances that we face on a regular basis. And until we begin to change the way that we see and think and respond, then we're going to keep being the same way that we've always been. And I'm pretty tired of being the same way I've been. I, like to, I, I want to be different. And I've been praying for going on two years now, every day, that the Lord would, would shine his light into me and expose all the things in me that, that are not right. Uh, and Eddie, we sing that song, you know, um, change the things in me that need changing. You know, we don't always see the things that need changing. Believe me, we've all got stuff that needs change, uh, but, but we don't see it. And so that's why we, we invite the Lord to come. Lay all that I have and am before you and just invite you to come and just do whatever you want. I give you free will. And I've been praying here recently, Lord, I submit myself to you completely. Every aspect of my life, I just lay it out before you. I give you full permission to come. Shine your light. Come, speak to every area of my life. Things where I've got a root of, of wickedness in me somewhere, rip it out. Heal the wound. You know, you, you rip out a root, there's going to be a gaping hole there. You need to be healed. And so... That's what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. But today, I want to talk to you about kind of the goal of all this other stuff. And I want to read this passage to you out of Matthew 4, verse 12 through 20. It says, When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, and I love this, how God is so thorough. You know, he, he really doesn't want you to miss anything. Although I, I got to say, I'd read this passage of Scripture, I don't know how many times, and I've really never thought that much about this. But So Jesus went to Capernaum, in Galilee, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill a prophecy that the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, by the Jordan, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Wow, that's such a great, uh, that is a great prophecy. And think about that. So that's like 700 years prior to, to Jesus doing this is when that was written. A great light has dawned. And so here comes Jesus. And he begins to fulfill that prophecy He's living where he's supposed to live. He's doing the things he's supposed to be doing. 
and he is becoming the light of the world, just as he was prophesied to be. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. They were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets and followed him. Now, there's three things that happened there when he, when he talked to Simon Peter and his brother. And he said, follow me. And it says they, they left everything and they followed him. And he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. So when we, when we hear the call that Jesus gives to all of us and we respond, that's basically what's going to happen every time. He calls to you, and you say, okay, I leave everything behind. I repent of everything that I was just said. Jesus came, and he was preaching repentance. And he turns right around to Simon Peter, and he says, follow me. And Simon, he responds, and so he repents. And then it says he, he, he followed him. He left everything behind, followed Jesus, because Jesus said, I'm going to take you just like you are, a fisherman, all of your issues and problems, all the good things and bad things, everything about you, I'm going to take you just like you are, and I'm going to turn you into something different. But you're going to be able to use all of your talents and all the things that compromise who you are, your character and your person, and I'm going to take you, but I'm going to change you in such a way that I can use all that stuff in you for my good. And you're going to be... You're still going to be fishing. You're just going to be fishing for something different. So today I want to talk to you about repenting, responding, and receiving. Basically, that's what, that's what Peter did. He repented. He responded to the Lord. He followed him, and he received what God was offering, right? Because he was changed. He did become a fisher of men. Peter, Peter went through a lot of changes through the three years that he walked with Jesus. And then uh, after that, he went through a lot more changes. It's hard to imagine walking with Jesus for three years, you know, live and in person and, uh, and not being changed that much, but there was something pretty significant that happened. You know, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and the giving of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, those things changed everything about this relationship that, that the 12 and all the other followers had with Jesus. Even though they got to see him in person and they got to experience him, that resurrection power and the power that came with the baptism of the Holy Spirit changed everything about those relationships. And they began to be able to do the things that they were called to do. That's what equipped them to do the things that they were called to do. That's what made them become fishers of men. Repent means to turn from darkness to light. First John 1 John 1.5, it says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Repent means to turn like a, a 180 degrees, exact opposite. So you're going this way, and the Lord calls you, and you say, okay, I'm going to follow you. Then that means you would stop, and you would turn, leave everything behind that you were doing, and that you were pursuing, and you begin to walk with the Lord. And from that point forward, 
You'll be walking with the Lord. Now, most of us, unfortunately, we get a little sidetracked here and there, and we're walking, maybe we stay going the right direction, generally speaking, but we get off the path a little bit, and we go down a, a little side trail, and then maybe we, we hear the Lord calling us back, and like, oh, yeah, yeah, i, I got to get back over here. So we get back onto the, onto the main trail again, and then before long, something else comes up, you know, maybe we're, then we're over this direction, and then the Lord's calling us back. So our lives are not, it's not just a straight shot right to glory. It's, you know, it's, it's a path. It's a journey. It's a lifelong experience. From the moment we say yes to the Lord and we turn and begin to follow him, it's not just a straight, steady climb and we're, man, we're just mountaintop to mountaintop and everything's hunky-dory. Most of us have struggles and setbacks and problems because we're, we're human and we're not perfect. That doesn't mean that you, you have to have all that. It just means... That's probably what's going to happen to most of us. And don't beat yourself up too much if it does happen. Except the fact that we are made from dust and the Lord is mindful of that. And he doesn't forget that we're, we are flawed and we're not perfect. But he doesn't want us to stay messed up like we were when he found us. He wants to change us for our good. So... Here's something interesting I want you to think about as we go through this. There's God's way, and then there's everything else. That's really all there is. There's God's way, and then there's everything else. And so when we choose Him, we're saying yes to His way, and we need to understand that everything else is contrary to His way, generally speaking. And so think about uh, you've got light and darkness. You've got good and evil, life and death, blessing and cursing, love or hate, obedience or rebellion, faith or fear, hope or despair, peace or worry, joy or sorrow. I mean, those are opposites, and that's basically what we're looking at. When you look at God's way, the kingdom of light, all that other stuff that it's not those good things, it's, it's against him. It's against his kingdom. It's the things that he wants us to be healed of and delivered of. And so if you are a believer, you are supposed to walk in the light. You're not supposed to be walking in the darkness still. Now, like I said earlier, I've been praying for several years now that the Lord would shine his light into me and expose any areas of darkness. I don't claim to be perfect. And so I, just like everybody else, even though we may be striving to follow the Lord, we still have areas in us that we've got some, we've got some flaws, we've got some darkness, we've got some things in us that need to be changed. And we don't even see them. We call them blind spots a lot of times because you can be, you can be really pursuing the Lord but not understand that you've still got some areas that need, to be, that need to be changed. And so that's why we ought to pray because we need the Holy Spirit to shine that light and help us by exposing those things to us. So 1 John 5, 3 says, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. Now in the old King James, that word burdensome was grievous. His commandments are not burdensome or grievous. And I believe that. So I, I believe, like, <clears throat> like we were singing earlier about the law of the Lord you know, being something that we should desire. It's like perfect. You know, it's God's, God's word is life 
and it's freedom and it's blessing and it's health to us. It's not burdensome. It's not grievous. Now, some people would look at God's word or, or the, just that, that word commandment and they get all bent out of shape thinking somebody's trying to make me do something. And what God is really wanting to do is reveal his perfect plan for our lives so that we can walk in fulfillment and satisfaction and happiness and, and uh, prosperity. All the things that God wants to do in our lives can be given to us when we just follow his basic plan. If you do your own thing, then you're back to getting what you always got. When you follow his plan, he has a good plan. It's a better plan than our plan. I really believe that. I don't look at God's commandments or God's law or God's word as being burdensome or grievous. I look at it as healthy and good and it's to be desired. The psalm said it's to be desired more than honey or the honeycomb. Man, it's sweet. It's great. The judgments of the Lord even. The, the fact that God, God comes and he speaks to us and says, you've got a problem here. I want you to change. That is a judgment of the Lord, but that's not, that's not something that we ought to be grieved by. It's something we ought to say, yeah, I want to change. I want to be better. I want to be like you. I want to be all that you want me to be. You want to know what grievous is. You want to know what burdensome is. Look at the children of Israel back in Egypt. They had those taskmasters, and they all the time were making them make bricks and do all the slave work, and they, they whipped them, and they, they yelled at them, and they kicked them, and, you know, if they didn't get out of the way when the big stones were rolling to make the pyramids, there was a, you know, poor, poor Hebrew who got squashed, you know. They didn't even worry about it. They just, you know, we got thousands more where they come from. That's what, that's what grievous is when people treat you bad. And by the way, who is it that treats us bad? The devil. What does he want to do? He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So you want to know what grievous is, it's what the devil says about you, not what God says. God says good things about you and for you. The devil wants to do all the bad stuff to you. So we are choosing. We're choosing to follow the Lord. And I, I choose life rather than death. I choose blessing rather than cursing. I choose good rather than evil. And I, I don't get it right every time, but that's, that is my heart. I want, I want to say yes to the good things that God is offering. <clears throat> In 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14 through 18, it says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial, or the devil? What part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now, that's not a real, uh, it's not a real popular passage to read these days. Come out from among them, the unclean. Uh, and, and, it, and I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm, what I'm suggesting here is that God wants us to be different from the world. We talked about that at the very beginning, that we are citizens of his kingdom. We're not citizens of the world. We came out of, 
of the kingdom of darkness, and now we're in the kingdom of light. And so we're not going to go back and live in the darkness. We, we have to do just like Peter. He left his nets and everything, and he, he just left it all, and he followed Jesus. That's what we need to do. We repent. We don't want to go back. Now, we have a tendency to, you know, to have some of those old habits and things in our life come up, and they kind of draw us, and sometimes we slip and fail. And, but the truth is, we don't need to make a habit of living the old way. We need, to be, we need to be living in the new life because we've been called out of darkness into light. Now, we are in the world, though. We do live among unbelievers. We live among people that, that hate God, that don't want anything to do with religion or church. And if you say that's what you are all about, then they're probably going to hate you, too, or they're going to be not interested in what you're offering. And so I'm not saying that you... You don't talk to people or you don't love people. I'm just saying don't be like them. You have to love them and you have to be around them or how are you going to witness to them? How are you going to reach them with the good news that God can, can change them just like he changed you if you don't associate with them? But there's a difference between associating with them and being like them. And that's what Paul was saying. Come out from among them. Man, don't, don't just be like them. You know, you can, you can be with them and talk to them, love them, be kind to them, serve them, do things for them, but don't be like them. We are supposed to be different. If we're not different, there's something terribly wrong with us because you can't, you can't come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and still be the same person. If you're still walking in the darkness, well, just think about what that means about your life because if you're walking in darkness, you're not walking in the light. And you can't, you can't do both. I mean, it's just, there's only God and all the other stuff. I mean, you can't, you can't be both. You have to choose. And you have to follow. <clears throat> Second Corinthians uh, 7, verse 1 says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So, the promises he's talking about, he said, therefore having these promises, it's the verse I just read a while ago, that God says that I'm going to dwell among them, I'm going to walk among them, I'm going to be their God, they're going to be my people. And he says, if you'll come out from among them and be separate, I'll receive you and I'll be a father to you and you'll be my sons and my daughters. That's the promises he's talking about. So we've got these wonderful promises that God wants to be our God, be our father, and we're going to be his children and that he's going to help us cleanse ourselves and help us change. We've got those promises. So because we've got those promises, let's do it. Let's cleanse ourselves. Cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, I love that, that expression, the fear of God. But I don't want you to take it wrong because, it, I mean, it, it is a fear that you don't want to grieve the Lord, you don't want to disobey the Lord, but it, it's more of a reverence and an awe than just a sheer terror. I, you know, for a believer, we should be fearful about disappointing God or fearful about doing wrong. I mean, it's, it's just not good to sin. It's not good to do things that displease the Lord. It's not good. That doesn't mean you lose your salvation. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying just 
It's just not good for your relationship with the Lord. So the more we become like Him, the more we cleanse our, our outward behavior and hopefully our inward behavior, even more importantly, because if you, if you change your heart and your mind, then your outward behavior will follow your heart and your mind. Because Jesus said, like you think in your heart, man, that's how you are. He said, the, where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. So the way that your heart is is the way that you're going to be. So I would just say to you, if you're going around doing things you ought not be doing, you probably need to do a heart check because that's what's in your heart. And I know this is, this is not a real exciting, feel-good message to a lot of people, but I'm telling you the truth, and it's not my truth, it's the Word of God. And the fact that we live in 2020 and we live in a culture that promotes and accepts and does all kinds of things that's really totally irrelevant because we're citizens of God's kingdom. And he has, he has a plan for each one of us that is totally different than what the world says. And we need to get on board with his plan. And we need to make sure that that's what we believe and that's what we're pursuing, that we have chosen to repent and follow him and we're not going to keep working our way back to the old way. We're supposed to be different. We need to be changing all the time, becoming more like Him. We have to stay in the light. Uh, <clears throat> John three nineteen through 21 Jesus said, This is the condemnation that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they've been done in God. And then in chapter 12 in John, verse 46, Jesus said, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. We need to be in the light. And if you're walking in the light, the light doesn't bother you. The light doesn't scare you. You're not afraid of it. You're not afraid of God because you're in the light and you're content for him to shine that light all over you and expose everything about you. Now, you know, I really don't want everybody knowing every personal sin that I've ever committed. I'm not saying that I want that be broadcast for the whole world to see, but I'm not ashamed to confess it to God because I understand, I understand that God loves me and he wants his very best for me and he's not trying to figure out a way to punish me He's not figuring out a way to, to send me to hell. He's not trying to figure out a way to make my life miserable. He's trying to figure out a way to say, please, would you just follow me so I can do all the things in you I want to do. That's what God wants. And when we get on board with that and we begin to see God as he is instead of being afraid of him, being afraid to pro approach the light because we're afraid of what will happen, when we begin to see God that way, then we can come to him and then he can do those things that He wants to do in our lives. And it's a good thing. It brings great joy and peace and, and refreshing and healing, comfort, deliverance. It's, it's good. You don't have to be afraid to come to the Lord. We've got to respond, though. Follow and be changed by the light. Walk in the light. 1 John 1, 6 and 7. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and we walk in darkness... 
we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's a good thing. Walk in the light as he is in the light and all these good things will be happening for you. John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to him and said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. If you follow him, you'll be walking in light, not in darkness. I realize I'm repeating myself some. I realize I'm reading scriptures that say the same things, but I want you to get it because it's really important that we understand that we are supposed to be different from the world. We're not supposed to be walking in darkness anymore. And Jesus told everybody, he said, you know, it's light right now because I'm here with you, but, you know, if, when I'm gone, if you don't keep walking the light, you're going you're gonna to stumble and fall because it'll be dark and you won't be able to see what you're doing. You've got to walk in the light. You've got to stay in the light. You've got to be transformed by the light of his glory. And I'm going to read these scriptures to you. It's a, it's a long passage of scripture. It's the whole chapter of Ephesians 5. But I think this is really significant. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved, his, loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish jesting or uh, coarse jesting or foolish talking, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, or covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, which is in dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now, it listed some, some things there, and it said if you do those things, basically you're going to hell. And I just want to make this point that, you know, he's talking about practicing those things. And all of us are subject to a failure here and there. Uh, I venture to say that most men, uh, they have to control their eyes because their eyes are attracted to flesh. And when you walk by the newsstand and you see a big bunch of flesh exposed there, your eyes want to go, ooh. And, you know, but it's one thing to, to see it and say, ooh, I don't need to be looking at that. Another thing to go over and get you a good eyeful, you know, and, and really start thinking about it. And, 
that's when you need to start thinking, okay, I, I've, got, I've got a problem here, I need to repent, I need to get, get away from that. Separate yourself, get, get away from it. So if you've had problems with uh, you know, any kind of addictive behavior, anything in your life that's given you grief in the past, and, and it still appeals to you sometimes, you just need to try to avoid the areas where you're going to be tempted by that. Um, you know, there's, there are certain places of business, certain places that you just don't need to be going if those things are tempting to you. Now, better yet, get healed on the insides and re renew your mind so that you're not, even, you're not even tempted in the same ways, but still, you have to be really careful. If you've had addictions in the past and you just continue to expose yourself to those things, you're, you're cruising for a bruising, as we used to say. You're going to have a fallen. But the Lord wants, to, he wants to, to help us become the kind of people we ought to be. We are his body. He is the head, and we are his body. And we're supposed to be like him, imitators of him. And for many years, I read that scripture. Paul said, you know, be imitators of me as I'm an imitator of Christ. And I thought, man, I'd never say that. But, you know, I think I'm kind of willing to say that now because I know I'm not perfect, but I know I'm pursuing God with all my heart. And as long as I do that, I'm a happy camper. And God is happy because I'm, I am trying. I'm making an effort to follow him. And I really believe that that's what God wants. He wants our heart. He doesn't want perfection. He wants our heart. And so if we'll give him our heart, then all that other stuff will take care of itself. So that's repent and respond, and now we're going to receive. Be the light. 1 Thessalonians 5, 5. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So that's who we are. We are sons of the light, and we need to begin to acknowledge that about ourselves. We are children of God. If you've been born again, you're not in the darkness anymore. You're in the light, and you need to begin to acknowledge that about yourself. I'm not the same person that I used to be. I am a new creation. I am being made new in every area of my life. Yeah, I've got a ways to go. I've got problems. I've got things that are not right still, but, but I'm working on them. I'm letting God change me every day. Every day, it's a new opportunity to wake up and let him change us and make us different. In uh, 1 Corinthians 2.16, it says, Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? And the answer is really nobody, but we have the mind of Christ, it says. We have the mind of Christ. Philippians 2.5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We have the opportunity to have the mind of Christ. That's one of those promises that God gave us when he said, I'm going to be your God, you're going to be my children, and you're going to be my people, and I'm going to be your father. We're going to have this great relationship, and you're going to be able to have some of my very nature residing in you, and you're going to be able to think like I think, and you're going to be able to speak like I speak, and you're going to be able to do the things that I do. That's what Jesus said, didn't he? He said, when I go to the Father, the same kind of things I've been doing, and oh, by the way, greater are you going to do in my name? Because I am going to the Father. And the Holy Spirit's going to come and dwell within you. And all of a sudden, you're going to find out that, that you can do things that you never even dreamt possible because I am residing in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And whereas when I walked as a man on the earth, I was at one place at one time, but now I'm everywhere simultaneously. 
because of the Holy Spirit dwelling within all the people. Worship team, y'all can come back. But that's, that is the, the hope that we have is that we can be who we're supposed to be. We don't have to be the same way we always were. Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16, Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It's really good for nothing then but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. And you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So that's the call, is that we're supposed to be light just like Jesus was light. We're supposed to be salt in the earth. We're supposed to be light and seasoning. Everything about our lives ought to be good. When people look at us, it ought to be appealing. They look at us, they ought to say, man, I like that guy, or I like that lady. Oh, they really are sweet. They're nice. They're good people. They ought not be looking at us and saying, man, what a skunk. You know, and I know I've been a skunk sometimes, but we ought to be light, and we ought to be like the Lord. He's given us all the tools. That's what we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks. The final thing I want to share with you before we, we worship is I, I think a lot about Adam and Eve in the garden and how they were created in, in perfection. They were innocent. They, you know, they walked around stripped stark naked, didn't even think anything of it. They, were just, they didn't even know about anything wrong or bad. All they knew was, was God loved them. God gave them this great place to live. They were in control of it. And he came down every day and hung out with them. It was a pretty cool thing. But now, I don't want to go back to being Adam. Matter of fact, the Bible doesn't say, you know, strive to be Adam. It says, let this mind be in you, which is in Jesus. It doesn't say have the mind of Adam. And by the way, what Jesus is offering is way better than anything Adam ever had. Although it was a pretty good existence. So we have this opportunity to know Christ and through that relationship, we're not going to be like Adam, but some of the things Adam enjoyed are going to begin to be restored in our lives. We're going to find that, that our labor is going to be more rewarding. We're going to begin to see more produce from our efforts physically and emotionally and spiritually. We're going to find that, that uh, all the things that we set out to do are going to be blessed more when we're following the Lord and letting the mind of Christ uh, direct us and guide us. So I want to encourage you, as we worship, let the Lord speak to you about, about areas of your life maybe where you need, to, you need to respond. You need to repent and respond and receive what God is saying because He wants to change us, and He wants to change us for our good. I can't say that to you often enough, that He's doing it for our good. It's not to satisfy Him not to please him, it's to make us healthy and whole. Amen.
maybe this morning you <clears throat> you don't really know the Lord and so all this talk about darkness and light you don't understand what that means but what I'm saying to you is that if you have been doing everything your way maybe it's time that you try it God's way and he's made these promises to you he said if, if you'll let me lead you I will lead you into all truth into all light and I'll cause your life to be meaningful and fulfilled and yes you'll have to give up some things you'll have to give up the darkness and you'll have to give up all the chaos in your life and all the fear and the doubt and the anxiety let God fill you with his love and joy and peace he wants to take away all those things in your life that uh, are causing you the grief and begin to replace those things with things that will cause you to be filled with joy and, and fulfillment. So it's real simple. Just say, Lord, I confess I'm broken. I need you. I ask that you forgive me. Come and live in my heart. Be my Lord. Take control of my life. I leave everything behind and I want to follow you now. I want to be like you. I want to walk in that light with you. You pray that prayer. The Lord is in your heart and, and he wants to walk with you from this day forward. And all the rest of us that know the Lord and we've, we see things in our lives that we know are, are still needing to be changed. Things that maybe you've prayed about, maybe you've gone to cleansing streams, maybe you've done all sorts of things and you know, you repent and you pray and you say, Lord, I don't want to be like that anymore. And then the next day, you do it again. Well, the Lord can help us with that. So Lord, I pray that you help us to, to see you as you are. Begin to see your word, how it can be alive and change us, Lord. And those areas in our lives that we struggle with, Renew our hearts and minds, Lord. Heal our souls. Change us from the inside out so that, that we won't just be trying to live different, but we will be different, Lord. And I thank you for that, Lord. And shine your light into us. Begin to expose things. Begin to speak to each one of us, Lord, so that, that we would be hungry to seek you. That we'd be hungry to walk in your light. That we'd be willing, Lord, to let you have your way in every area of our lives. We'll lay everything out before you just be brutally honest and say, here I am, Lord. With all, of my, with all of my problems, here I am. What do you say? What can you do for me? And the Lord can do the same thing he did for that blind man. He can say, by your faith, you're healed and whole. Go. In Jesus' name. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his perfect peace. Man, it's good to be in the presence of the Lord, and I am looking forward to seeing everyone next week. God bless you.